So here we go. So this morning, um, I, I'll tell you right now, the book of Acts is my favorite book of Scripture, and there's, there's good reason for this. So when I, it was about 22 years ago this month, in fact, we were putting together a baseball team. And I am ridiculously competitive. I hate to lose. It frustrated, it frustrated me to no end. I'm a better loser now than I was back then. Um, but it, I wanted to build this solid championship-style baseball team. Well, we got started a little late in putting together the group of guys who were going to be playing on this ball team. And some of the other good ball players in our high school had already been scooped up by the other travel teams. So, I was taking what was left at the end of filling my roster. There was this young man who walked up to me. It was study hall time in our school cafeteria, and he comes over and he says to me, hey, I understand that you're putting together a baseball team. I'd like to play. And he was kind of a short and stout fellow, a little, uh, a little slow, um, and typically, just by the looks of him, he'd be the guy that you chose last for your uh, dodgeball team in gym class. You know the guys, right, kids? Yeah, it's my son, Jack. The guy can whack a ball a mile, but you wouldn't know it by looking at him. Looks can be deceiving, though. And I had deceived myself with this guy. The boy could hit a ball a country mile. When he finally got his time, he was able to do it. Well, I broke my foot a few weeks later and ended up with a cast on. This is also a time in my life when my parents are getting a divorce. This is a time in my life when there are several other really bad things going on in my family. And it was a family that wasn't exactly religious. We were your Christ Christmas and Easter regulars. So you'd see us then, and if you saw us any other time of the church year, you'd probably have a heart attack just out of sheer surprise. So God wasn't part of the conversation in our family on the daily. I didn't know what direction I was heading in. I was frightened. I was acting out. Um, I was angry. And I blamed myself. So someone had recommended to me, why don't you read, read the scriptures? Well, I don't have, at this point in time, but a passing familiarity with the scriptures. But I'm sitting in the dugout one day during practice, and this young man that I reluctantly allowed to be on our baseball team came over to me, seeing me reading a little copy of the New Testament. And I'm actually reading an Acts while I'm sitting there. And he says to me, do you understand what it is you're reading? Boom, today's lesson. And I'm sitting there, and I say to him, you know, I... I just need somebody to help me work through this stuff. There's a lot here. I don't really have a background in it. Can you help explain it to me? Well, come to find out, he belonged to a church that had a ministry called Bible Quizzing, where they would take a book or a couple books every school year, and they would memorize the texts, and they would have quizzes over it, and you know, it was competition, so that was his angle with me to get me involved in this ministry. But all through that year... I'm reading through the book of Acts and I'm watching all the things that, that the church is doing post-resurrection, post-ascension, post-coming of the Holy Spirit and, and these amazing works being done in the gospel starting in Jerusalem and just exploding outward across the world. 
And that is the year that I, I claim that I first heard God's call to come home to the church, to come home to the baptismal waters, to come home to the feast that we have every week at the Lord's table. It's an amazing thing that happens when someone just takes the time to open their mouths and to speak the words of life to another. We see in our text today in Acts, Philip is going down from Jerusalem to Gaza in, in a desert place. It's, it's dry and it's warm and it's, it's dusty and he's out there and he goes off and sees the Ethiopian eunuch, the court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, and he's in charge of all of her treasure. So he is an important man. This man had come up to Jerusalem to worship, and while he's in his chariot going along, he's reading from the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit moves Philip and says, go over and join his chariot. So Philip runs over, and he hears him reading Isaiah, and he asks, do you understand what you are reading? And the man says, how can I understand it unless somebody explains it to me. And he invited Philip to come on up into the chariot and sit with him. And the passage of Scripture that he's reading is this. Like a sheep he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he opens not his mouth. Think through these words. Philip, who has known the Lord for quite a while now, Philip, who has seen the miracle that has happened in the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus, knows that these words are speaking specifically about the Christ. Like a sheep, he's led to the slaughter. We see Jesus being arrested in the garden and led off to a kangaroo court where he will be convicted based on testimonies that don't even really match. They're trying to lie him into persecution, and they can't even get that right. We see him being taken into a public place and scourged and beaten, a cloth thrown over his head, and being hit with rods and asked to prophesy, who hit you? A crown of thorns upon his head. The mocking, the reviling. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation for his life is taken away from him? The prophet Isaiah says that the eunuch is reading right now. And starting at this point, knowing that these words are about Jesus and his sacrifice on our behalf for our salvation, he begins to tell the Ethiopian man all about what Christ has done. They don't have a New Testament at this time. It's, they don't have what we have. We have a little extra benefit in our time. We have the text compiled of everything that happened afterwards, after the Old Testament. But he works from the Old Testament saying, look at the prophetic word that has come down from God throughout all these centuries coming together in one man. This man born in Bethlehem who grows up in Nazareth who fulfills everything 
that the Lord has promised. And this promise, it's, it's important to focus on that this man is from Ethiopia. He's not from Jerusalem. He's not living in Israel. This is someone from outside who has come in to worship. So now we even see here that the fulfillment of the Abrahamic promise that through Abraham all the nations of the world would be blessed, that his descendants would be innumerable, like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore, that this message is for everyone, everywhere, throughout all of history. And the eunuch says to Philip here, about whom I ask you, does the prophet say this? About himself or someone else? And Philip opens his mouth and he shares the word of God in the flesh with him. And this amazes the man. So much so that in, his, in Philip's testimony to him, the man says, look, here's water. Why should I not be baptized now? So they get out of the chariot and they go, and the man is baptized. And we understand that this baptism is our incorporation into Christ's body. This man from the outside is now on the inside of what God has always intended his creation to look like. God has worked a miracle. God has worked his holy mysteries in this man's life because Philip opened his mouth. And the man goes away and he never sees Philip again, but he goes away rejoicing and telling other people about what has happened. And if you know anything about the history of Ethiopia, there is a great Christian tradition that comes out of Ethiopia. And as far as we know, this is the one of the first men we hear about who's taking the gospel back there. Just an ordinary man with an ordinary, well, an extraordinary job, I guess, if you're in charge of the treasury, you're pretty important, but, but still, this isn't a prophet or a preacher or an evangelist or someone with a PhD. This is a guy that takes care of the money. We hear from our gospel also this morning from Jesus saying, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it doesn't know him. It can't see him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Christ promises not to leave us as orphans as he ascends into heaven, but instead that he will come to us. Because we live, or because Christ lives, we live also. And in these days we know that he is in his Father and he is in us. And whoever has his commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves Jesus. And he who loves Jesus will be loved by the Father. I don't think there's anyone in this room this morning who would say they don't love Jesus. Because we've been called and we hear it in our liturgy Throughout the year, we read it in the texts of scriptures that Jesus summarizes the entirety of the law, the law that he fulfilled through himself. 
that we are to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with our soul, our strength, our mind. Every fiber of our being is dedicated to loving the Lord our God. And we are to love our neighbor as ourself. And we also hear in Christ's great commission that we are to go forward baptizing and discipling, spreading the gospel to all nations. This is something that Philip gives us in the scripture today, an example of just listening to the Spirit of God as those opportunities open themselves. We have time, we have opportunity right now, but we don't know how much time or how much opportunity we have in any given moment. We live in a world of people who are starving to death, yet we have the bread of life. We have that which gives eternal life. We have a well springing up to eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. We are the beggars who know where the food is, letting the other beggars know where to find it. One does not require a Ph.D. or any really formal training in evangelism to do the work of listening to God and sharing the gospel with others, bringing them into the overflowing joy that we have as Easter people, a people who know the reason why we have hope. Let's go forth from this place today. Let's rise and go forth and share this good news, this good news of salvation, this good news of a peace that passes all understanding that even in times of war, of sickness, of plague, we have something to rejoice about. We belong to a family that's far bigger and greater than any other family that's ever existed under our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord who gave his life for us freely that we might be saved and that we might carry forward this gospel hope into a world that desperately needs it. We give all glory, honor, and thanks to him who redeemed us poor sinners through his grace and mercy. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.